You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate everybody for making Locked On Browns their first listen every day. Hope everybody is enjoying the high of Victory Monday uh, after the Browns put forth an incredible effort yesterday all around in Cincinnati, riding the ship, um, everybody feeling better about themselves. Of course, front office, coaching staff, roster, um, with a tumultuous week that it was, um, basically, you know, what do you do in a situation like that? You go back to what is your comfort zone? What is your common ground for football players? That's playing a game. And obviously the Browns were able to quiet out the noise. As everybody knows, get the victory soundly. We are going to go under the lens here, as we always do. Uh, PFF lead. Is it Lee? I forget now. John, lead now, John. We, we, we're lead analysts now, right? We've progressed from senior to lead. Yes. Yes. John Costco is in the house for our Under the Lens episode. Um, We're going to get to, of course, the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. We'll get some just general game thoughts here from John. Um, It was, it was a good day. It was certainly a good day. And if you look at the, you know, the meat of it, you know, for, you know, most of the 52, um, there's a certain right tackle that maybe it wasn't the best day in the world um, for him. And we'll see how that progresses forward um, for Mr. Blake Hans. Um, but I guess we'll just start here, John. Um, everything that went down this past week um, and a soon-to-be-released, uh, I guess we'll go, I think uh, it goes by 4 o'clock is when Odell Beckham Jr. will officially be physically off the Browns roster, and then we'll find out tomorrow by 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon um, what's next and maybe already threatening that he you know, basically has his next home in sight, whatever it may be. Um, so all of this that went down, um, John, let me ask you this. PFF's number one quarterback thus far, there's still a game to be played, this week in the NFL was who? Uh, Mr. Baker Reagan Mayfield. It's funny how that works out. 89.8 grade, uh, pass grade of 87.7, had four big-time throws, no turnover-worthy throws, had like three throwaways. One, he was hit as he threw because – Blake Hance got beat really quickly on it. So he had Jarvis in the open the end zone. It could have been a touchdown there. Um, and essentially missed on just one pass, um, which was that that uh, play action crosser to, to Jarvis Landry in, the, in like the third quarter or whatever, maybe fourth quarter. So that was the only throw he like, like he I was able to aim and that he missed on. And you know what? It's uh, you, you remove a cancer and things go smoothly. It's kind of funny how that works. And uh, he looked back to the guy that we saw all of you know 2020 last year when you know post week, post OBJ injury, and it's it just looks like he's back to what he we thought he was going to be this year. And if he can continue that, if he can springboard this into a similar type of run that he had last year, then it's. You know, the, I mean, the Browns are a legitimate Super Bowl contender if he can play like that. Now, I think the thing, you know, that you take away from this and, you know, I reached out to, you know, people I can reach out to today. And, you know, I kind of wanted to get an idea, you know, were the Browns willing to continue this season 
if what happened last Tuesday didn't happen as far as, you know, Odell, Odell's, I'm going to just use the air quotes, Odell's father, you know, reach, <laughs> you know, putting out what he did. And for the most of it, everybody kind of seemed that this season would have went on and they would have tried to make it work. And it's crazy to think because, you know, the way it was trending, it wasn't really looking that good. Look, we have no idea where the season is going to go at five and four, you know, but the point is, is that it looked like the Browns were going to continue with this. And some decisions could have been made based off of this season and maybe based off of, you know, one guy upsetting the balance of this roster. And look, I mean, Odell forced the Browns, you know, to make a decision, which they did. Um, and John, we've been through this. I mean, we talked about him in 2018 as a rookie quarterback, doing things that most rookie quarterbacks don't do. We talked about it last year when you know the injury went down and the type of player became in the second half. And look, it just confirms what it is. Um, and taking you know the personality or whatever the other stuff is, it just was never a workable situation. It, it just was never anything. And I go back to 2019, and I remember Baker was mic'd up. Uh, you know, Jarvis. Uh, and Odell were on the field. Brown scored a rushing touchdown. I think it was Nick Chubb, like seven yards. And Baker basically had to go over and say to Jarvis and Odell, it's going to come, boys. It's going to be okay. And it got to be Just the be point. Patient. Like, yeah, like we're apologizing for being successful. Like, because you didn't get it. And it was like, and you kind of think, well, you know, when the chips were down, you know, obviously this is something they always had to go through. I mean, I don't want to go any further on that, but you know, stuff like that just reaffirms. And you look at yesterday, and you want to know what? Everybody kind of got a slice of the pie, and guess what? Browns rolled big. Everybody's happy. We're seeing Donovan Peoples-Jones, John, start to mature before our eyes. And I mentioned last night, you know, in a couple of things I had to do here for Locked On, that the Browns basically decided it was time to bet on the future relationship of Donovan Peoples-Jones and Baker Mayfield as opposed to try to, you know, rework, keep making work, a relationship that was never working between Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. The run lanes are open for Nick Chubb. Obviously, the offensive line, once again, just mauling people. I mean, Wyatt Teller with a spear, for God's sakes. You don't see that very often. Um, but you just saw a team with a different sort of life and light in them yesterday, certainly on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, they came focused and and you essentially get into your comfort zone and like we got to play a game, you know, and there's all sorts of outside noise outside that building of like what was going on. But essentially, like this is you're you're getting paid to play a game. You're getting paid to do something. And if you don't you know, focus on that, then then, you know, you're you're not going to be making these millions of dollars that you're making. So this team really had to focus and, you know, kudos to the, the coaching staff and, and everything to keep these guys focused. But, you know, they, they really just came together and everything looked smooth and looked like the product on the field that we were accustomed to seeing last year, you know, when when this team was was clicking on all cylinders. And, you know, if this is you have to kind of assume this is what we're going to see moving forward. Uh, you get Kareem Hunt back soon, which is just, you know, this makes it that much better. Um, and you have to assume also like, we know Jarvis Landry isn't fully healthy right now and, and he didn't look right in that game. So like, he's going to be, he's got, you know, when he gets back fully a hundred percent, you know, it's just going to make everything that much better. And Donovan Peoples Jones, you're, you're right. Like they, they're betting on Baker Mayfield and that Donovan Peoples Jones connection and so far, it looks really good. Donovan Peoples-Jones, great of a 91.8 in this game, was phenomenal. Had, obviously, uh, the big touchdown, had the big sideline catch where he was just got smoked by Jesse Bates. 
Um, and a good call by the refs there. You know, whether or not, you know what, you took a hit like that. And it, look, we didn't call a penalty we should have called. But you know what, son? Go get checked real quick because you got crocked. Uh, I'm, I'm like old school in the fact that like he popped up really quickly and didn't look any any sort of days that I could have I could have understood it if they just let it go or whatever. Um, I thought it was a clean hit. I thought it was I didn't think there was anything like helmet to helmet there, but it's I think, really uh, hard to know what's clean these days, though, John, know, because right? you have I Sheldon know. Day basically giving a, a grandpa bear hug around the waist. And apparently that was roughing the passer yeah. after somebody from New York chimed in. No, apparently nobody from New York did chime in on that. So, like, they talked about, <laughs> like, Tono Romo and Jim Nance talked about it afterwards and saying that, nope, like, after the commercial break on that, it's like, actually, nobody did come in, um, you know, from, from New York and, and change that. So, I, that one was baffling on why that was even a, a rough in the passer. He just basically was was tackling him as he basically threw the ball. Um, uh, some sometimes they 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 go overboard in protecting their, these quarterbacks and uh, that you know like yet like we saw it last night with with uh, Ryan Tannehill when when Aaron Donald hit had that hit that was definitely not roughing the passer. Um, and then like another a player or two later there was a definite pat roughing the passer. So uh, you know I think I think though regardless. What we saw there is just a smooth operation. B- Baker Mayfield, for all this whole time when when OBJ's been out there, we've seen an indecisive quarterback. And and I go off of what happens on the field, and we can all speculate into why things happen, why Baker Mayfield had been indecisive and not been playing well the past six weeks. And people want to put point it towards his shoulder injury. I don't I don't attribute it to his shoulder injury. I thought. He he! When he throws a ball and he was just throwing it and tried to like the, he still had his all his whole zip on it. The accuracy was there and everything. The problem was is that he was indecisive, and the reason why he's indecisive is decisive for whatever reason is is it is OBJ out there, and, and is that because OBJ's running the wrong routes, not in the right places he's supposed to be? Is he always chirping in Baker's ear that hey, get me the ball, I'm open, I'm open, and Baker then has, feels the pressure of that okay, let me look look his way or. or always cognizant of that so that he can't have a clear mind of going through his progressions. I don't know, but last yesterday in that game, he was had a clear mind and was going through his progressions and like was throwing things in the rhythm of the play and like with anticipation. Look at the David and Joku touchdown. He threw that ball. He looked off the safety, looking down the middle of the field to to pull the, uh, I think it was Jesse Bates in the middle of the field to pull him away from where David and Joku was going to be and ripped it in there super early and and perfect like that's a that right there is you know if you want to go off what are, what's a big time throw in a pff system that was a, P, a big time throw in a pff system you you being able to look off the safety and hit it there on, on a 20 yard strike or whatever it was for for the touchdown i mean that's the t- high level of play that you need your quarterback to be able to play in down like, intermediate level in the middle it's basically between the numbers um and and making those strikes and that's what he did throughout this game and he, there was enough i mean he had a 94.3 as my dog is barking there a 94.3 browns they're always welcome always welcome right um grade under pressure in this game is the highest single game he's had under pressure um three of his three of his big time throws were under pressure he got the, mm-hmm. the one touchdown for donovan people jones he got uh blake hans again was getting beat there and, and he got hit on that play um, a theme, the yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, um, it's a big theme. Then the, the, the sideline throw to Donovan Beavis Jones, he got hit in the back by, cause of Blake 
Blake Hans got beat there. And then on that play right there for the touchdown, Blake Hans got beat again, and Baker's getting smoked in the back. If he holds on to that ball for just a beat longer, that ball is not a touchdown. So it's it, it's a it's a I mean great great all around performance from Baker and you know generally on this team there's a few warts on, on there and you can always improve things of of whatnot but I mean this is what we expected from Baker this year and basically the facts remain Baker or you know when without OBJ is the fourth highest graded quarterback in the NFL since he came into the NFL without OBJ meaning Tom Brady Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are the only three quarterbacks that have graded higher than Baker Mayfield in his career when OBJ is not on the field he's higher than Drew Brees Deshaun Watson Andrew Luck Philip Rivers Russell Wilson Matt Ryan down the line better has graded better than all of them second highest big time throw rate behind Russell Wilson one of the lowest th- turnover worthy throw rates I don't know what else to say um I, I think if this were like a trial I think we'd be to the point now where, you know, the defense attorney would be like, all right, we're just going to concede. We'll take our sentence. And, you know, <laughs> what kind of plea you got for me? You know, the old where you bump the other attorney. Hey, we got five minutes. Let's go grab a cup, quick cup of coffee. Um, it's over. And look, you know, for Baker, look, it doesn't mean that every week is going to be like yesterday was. Um, you know, you're going to face defenses that are tougher. You know, there's just going to be days where the breaks, of course. There's going to be days. Well, even still, I don't even know if the defense is that much better, or you have a mastermind behind that defense that knows how to use his chess pieces that much better. And you know, we'll see. And, and that'll even bring back, obviously, did two years ago a game they probably should have won in New England if they didn't play sloppy um, two years ago when they were there. But look, you you found that maybe you know the offense has found it, it, its level here. And again, now you you know, and look, this is not going to ever be a system that's going to be very friendly to outside guys as far as, you know, and everybody, oh, free agent wide receivers. I don't think they're going to run here. It's just not the way it works. You know, Kevin Stefanski basically wants to use, you know, every knife in that nice little thing you have on your kitchen counter. He wants to use them all. Everybody's going to get an opportunity to make some plays. So it doesn't make a destination where people are going to run to to come play. So that's that. But the point is the offense got right, scored 41 points in the last three games. Scored 41 yesterday alone. We're going to get to the defensive side of the ball here. And the former defensive back in John Costco, I am sure, is very, very excited to talk about some secondary play yesterday from the Browns. As it really finally, and we've talked about this for eight weeks, we talked about this over the summer, we talked about it after the acquisitions were made, you started to see the depth of what this secondary could be. And, you know, saw it wholeheartedly yesterday. Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats, and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but it isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with the coconut Built Bar or go to Raspberry Built Bar instead of the Raspberry Pie. A lot of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you are hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Bilt Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Bilt Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Bilt.com regularly. So check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. 
Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, all caps, no space, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. We love you, Built Bar, but here's also another idea, guys. Um, maybe do some dieting and some Built Bars up until Thanksgiving so you're ready to gorge yourself on Thanksgiving like the damn American you need to be. The defensive side of the ball, John, um, you know, it was the first drive in first drive. It felt like a death, you know, death of a thousand paper cuts. And then you get Denzel Ward in just an absolute beautiful situation. His second career interception return for a touchdown. Coincidentally enough, also against the Bengals takes it to the house takes. And I think that was just the pressure off of everybody yesterday. You know, it was the kind of, all right, Whatever happened this week, it's over. We're out here doing what we do best, balling out. And it started to go from there. Um, and Denzel was fantastic yesterday. I know everybody got a little nervous on the interception return. Like, oh, you know, was he, you know, was something going on? Well, it was it was 10 play drive, and he just took an interception 99 yards to the house. Dude was gassed. There's just no way around it. He was gassed, understandably so. Um, but John Johnson the third. Um, you know, we talked about it against Denver, one of you know, probably his best game as a Brown. I think that got replaced yesterday by far with his best game as a Brown and John Greg Newsom um, in, in each week, we, we seem to find a little bit more of his game that you start to fall in love with. I mean, I know against Denver on the Thursday night game, there were times where he was actually, you know, basically circling and you'll basically put you know, his back to the play, but still had the recovery speed to make it happen. Um, you saw the recovery speed again yesterday. Um, but the thing I took away from yesterday is the hands at catch point. And, you know, he's got more length than certainly Denzel does, maybe about the same body type as Greedy Williams, but certainly knows what he's doing, certainly knows how to use it. And you're just starting to see a player really, really evolve and maybe find like a comfort zone here where it's no longer of, you know, oh, wow, I do belong here. It's, yeah, I belong here, and I may be better than some of the other people who play this position in the league. Yeah, I mean, secondary was awesome yesterday. So Denzel Ward um, likely will be, and I haven't I haven't quite looked at this, but he's likely the uh, on the first team high, highest graded cornerback of the week. Um, I know that as of JC now, Jackson, as of now, folks, JC Jackson also had an excellent game as well. He had a pick six and an, another interception as well. Uh, so there there is that. But Denzel Ward, uh, one one catch he allowed for for eleven yards, had two pass breakups and an interception in this game. Over his so his grade was a ninety three point one in coverage. Over the past six weeks that he's played, he's allowed a, a, a catch on just forty four percent of his targets. Um, a total, a grand total of one hundred and fifty one yards. Has that interception forced eight incompletions as a grade of an eighty one point eight. So he's you know basically been other than playing against Brandon Cooks, who he struggled with. Who Brandon Cooks is a stud, so you, you understand in that regard. Denzel Ward has been awesome this year. So um, he's, he, I think, I think he's, you know, injuries be damned. He's, he's a guy that, that can, when he's out there on the field, he balls. And we, we've seen that throughout his, his career. Um, John Johnson, like you said, best game, definitely best game of his career as a Cleveland Brown, um, 85.8, um, had the interception, had um, the force fumble as well. So that's exactly what you're wanting to see from him and a couple of stops as well. So, and then you look at Greg Newsom. So he had three pass breakups in this game. He was targeted a bunch, nine times in this, but only gave up four catches, got a little bit lucky on a drop from Jim R. Chase on a, on a, on a go ball, uh, but was basically in phase on, on pretty much every other pass that was gone his way. Um, 
really solid effort from him. He's a guy that I've, I've just he has he has like the, probably some of the best hips I've seen in a long time out of a cornerback um, at, for a rookie um, because he, if even if he gets turned around, he has the, that innate ability to be able to quickly flip his hips and run and get back up to full speed and run with that wide receiver. You saw in that the the end zone shot that Jamar Chase. He got spun around right at the line of scrimmage, and Jamar Chase is, is fast. He's a four-three guy, and so, but because of Greg Newsom's his, his athletic ability and speed, he was able to catch right back up to that um, and make a breakup on that ball. So um, this secondary is playing like we thought it was going to play on paper to start the year, and, and you know we talked about an offseason it would take four to six weeks, and yeah, we're in week nine now, and we've seen flashes and stuff like that. In this game, it, it all came together. This is a game too, like. Last year, where Browns take out a big lead, that they let that team come back into play. We've seen it actually this year, and the fact that they weren't, they didn't allow this team that's high-powered offense like the the Bengals to come back into is 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 a really good sign, I think, for the maturity of this group coming together. So, you know, love love what I saw from the secondary in this game. They were, you know, from the rookie. uh, You hope that Greedy comes back and is is healthy because even if he's not the starter, him being there as a, as sure. a rotational piece is just phenomenal because he, he, he's played really well. And when he's asked, been asked to play this year. So just that depth is needed. Um, but then AJ, AJ green came in for seven plays and had an 83.5 grade. He, he broke up a pass as well. So they have that depth there and you just want, you want to a, make sure that greedy's healthy, but um, they're, they're playing like we thought they would play. The early word, if anybody has missed it to this point, uh, Greedy Williams uh, pronounced by Coach Stefanski today as day-to-day. So, hey, that looks promising, obviously. And look, with Greedy with his shoulder, this is something he's probably going to deal with for the rest of his career. Um, It does seem like it's a genetic thing. It doesn't seem like anything that truly can get better. There's going to be times where it's an issue, times where it's not. Um, but knock on wood and look, and you know, it's funny because you kind of see with A.J. Green, you kind of see with Greedy and you certainly see with Greg Newsom, all the same type of body. Um, you know, I mean, those are those guys who are a little bit low, you know, hell, oh, oh, six, six feet and change. But it seems like they got a little bit more length than, you know, guys who are normally walking around at that side. John, Troy Lawrence Taylor Hill, three sacks, a forced fumble, just your typical day for a nickel corner, John. I mean, this is what nickel corners do. You know, you get after the quarterback all day long. You know, you bust up uh, Jamar Chase for a huge fumble that basically turned the momentum in the game. Um, but part of that, coupled with Miles Garrett, and, you know, there's been times that this has gone back and forth with me and Bengals fans. It was, you know, look, Jamar Chase is fantastic. He's electric. That's fantastic. But for me, it was, I don't care what the Bengals do with the other 15 games of the year. How are you going to beat the Browns? Are you going to be able to protect Joe Burrow? And yesterday, and maybe that's why the 15 came out. It was kind of like, this poor kid's getting battered from pillar to post. I'll throw him a cookie. We'll call that one roughing the passer and give them the 15. But they got after it yesterday, John. And everybody kind of got their hands in. Everybody gotten involved. And, you know, Joe Joe Woods, to his credit, and you, we had heard there was some of this going on where there were some things Joe Woods was waiting to use for divisional play. And we'd heard all week long about what Joe Burrow had done against the Blitz. We also had heard all week long about how Joe Burrow threw touch, two touchdown passes in every game this year. Da, 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 da. Well, didn't throw any yesterday. Zero zip zilch, and the Browns just got straight after him, John. Yeah, Browns only blitzed six times out of forty-six dropbacks, so they were right to not blitz. But they timed up some of their blitzes really nicely. They got two sacks on on six of their blitzes, 
Um, and, you know, you only get, I mean, Burrow, when he was able to throw it, got, you know, completed four or four for, for 34 yards. So, but the thing is, is that you, they, they timed those things up pretty well. Obviously, Troy Hill with, with the three sacks that he had. Um, so with, you know, with basically with the, the game plan is that when you have that front four that can get after the passer with Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney and, and company, they can get pressure and they got pressure on, on 35% of the, the dropbacks, you know, 16 of the 46 dropbacks essentially. And, and when they did get pressure on him, um, you know, they, they made him pay. He had a 57 grade. Um, and so that, that is what you, you want. It made him hold onto the ball. He held on the ball for 2.6 seconds in this game. So you made, you made them pay him pay whenever he couldn't get rid of the ball. And it's a tandem thing, right? Like a lot of the times you, he's able to find that outlet, but the, the Browns defense, like, you know, secondary was locking it down on the back end so that he didn't have many open options to throw to. And even when he was, you know, pressure was imminent and he was able to get rid of the ball, the, the, you know, and he threw it, it was, there was a contested catch there. So, um, you know, he was, he was, pre- you know, he was, te- was able to attempt uh, passes on 11 of his, of his pressure dropbacks um, and only gained two first downs. So, right. That's what exactly what you want when you're, you're trying to pressure a guy. And that's, is what this front, this front, you know, four did. Um, and, you know, Troy Hill in this game, his, his grade from a pass rush standpoint was a 92.3, which is, you know, absurd for a, for a cornerback. Move over miles. You got company. You got company. And, and they did a, they did, had a good game plan for miles Garrett. It, I wouldn't say that he was being held in this game or anything. He, they just were double teaming and, and had sliding help his way, or they were chipping and, and doing whatever they could to, to neutralize him. And when, when you have to do that in the game, you know, it, it frees up other guys to get to get pressure. You know, Sheldon Day had four hurries on this uh, pressures on this game. One sack, one hit, two hurries, and 81, Andrew Billings, 88. Andrew Billings, enjoy your sweatpants because you ain't playing anymore, bro. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you can't – the whole purpose of Andrew Billings is to be able to stop the run, and he has not shown that ability this year, but unfortunately for – for him and and you want a guy like that where you can uh as an for a nose tackle to be able to to at least stuff the run and then get enough penetration in a pocket and you know Sheldon Day was was flashing that in the game uh whereas Andrew Billings ha- has not flashed that at all this year so you know Sheldon Day got 36 snaps in the game which is you know obviously a season high for him but um you know this this team they t- timed up their blitzes extremely well um, and then you locked it down in the back end with with the secondary, and that's what you want. The team, the guys came together as a team. It wasn't a Miles Garrett is wreck, wreaking havoc on this left tackle, but uh, you're leaking the secondary. It all is all there for them. And John, look, this has been kind of like the recipe and the premise of what Joe Woods wants from a defense. He wants you know a secondary that can get after it, that can cover, can create turnovers mixed with getting after the quarterback and saying, look, I understand not everybody can cover anybody for eight, nine, whatever, seven seconds, whatever. So get after the quarterback. You guys, I want athletic. I want long limb. I want smart. I want intelligent eyes on the ball. And I think yesterday was kind of like the perfect vision. If you're not really sure of what Joe Woods ideal look to a defense is, I think you put on yesterday's game and you say, this is what Joe Woods is looking for, and this is what he's been trying to tell us for all this time he's looking for and trying to build with his defense. Yeah, 
and and like we like we've said, it takes time for a whole group of new guys to come together in jail. The communication was there on the back end. The, the, one of the big things for this team was that the, the communication hadn't been there. So like even if you were getting pressure on on the quarterback, the the, the coverage on the back end was leaky. And whether it was a communication bust or just a missed assignment, whatever it may be. But now that, you know, in this game, they, they all came together and it, you had, you had defensive backs that were locking down in coverage. You had your pass rushers getting after the quarterback. And when you dialed up the blitz, it was successful to get to the quarterback and get them down to the ground. Um, and that is, it's exactly what you want. You can't, you, you, ideally you can get pressure on a quarterback and, and move him off his spot with just four rushers. And this is what the Browns want to do. And then, and then pepper in the blitz because the more guys you have in coverage, the, the more you have to cover like talented wide receivers. Just imagine going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the, you know, the Super Bowl, where they've got five guys on every single play that are extremely deadly. And you growing up against a quarterback who deciphers blitzes and, and, you know, defenses and coverages better than anybody in likely NFL history, you know, maybe outside of just a couple of guys, you need those guys in the back end to be able to lock down in coverage in zones to be able to make that quarterback hold on to the ball for just a tick longer and allow for the pass rush to get there. You look at how Tom Brady's lost in the Super Bowls. It's because that front four absolutely got after him because the secondary was also excellent. So put all that together, this this defense has the makings of a Super Bowl caliber championship type defense, and they just need to continue that, that consistency. And they will, you know, obviously get a run here next week against a rookie quarterback. Um, whose name might be in the news right now for uh, certain actions he yeah, did he, yesterday. He, he gets suspended. That that might he. I mean, that might be a suspension, suspendable type offense that he did on this. Weekend. They would do it. They would one hundred percent do it if it was a defensive player on a quarterback in this league. It'll be interesting how they view it the other way around. We're gonna get here with some some final thoughts here from um, John. Here we'll just get some general game thoughts. But, you know, obviously offensively, defensively yesterday, just a great, great showing. And I mean, it was literally what the doctor ordered Browns wise. We'll continue here. Locked on Browns. Appreciate everybody again for making us your first listen day in and day out. Hey, Browns fans. This is Jeff Lloyd with the incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Again, download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there is no cash. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. John, you got to see yesterday, and I think maybe Nick Chubb, even though he was back against Pittsburgh, maybe was not yet 100%. You saw yesterday that this is the Nick Chubb that we've... all grown to love just as a player. Um, But John, I mean, again here, offensive line, we probably didn't do what we needed to do. This is, they're just a a crazy unit. You see Jedrick Wills, it seems like obviously the mobility, the flexibility in the ankle is starting to get there a little bit more confident. 
Look, Blake Kantz is out there. We understand, folks, he's your fourth tackle. And, look, the guy's trying to do the best he can. He had a nice run. Certainly didn't have his day yesterday. And you look at things, you know, where – and we me- I mentioned earlier about, you know, where salary allocution is going to go to for this franchise – um, when you want to ha- involve a lot of skill players, it's probably going to be something where you're going to start looking more and more towards drafting skill players. You're going to work them on rookie deals. I don't know how you look at this, and we'll see what happens with Jarvis, but you know, $30 million to two players at the wide receiver position, when Wyatt Teller is a million times more essential, vital, important to the success of this team's offense, and that looks more and more like a check, they're going to have to write. Yeah, so so um, Wyatt Teller has a, an eighty, like an eighty nine point three grade this year. Um, and this is and after this, a, a few a few weeks of actually struggling. Yeah, so the start of the season, the um, first four weeks of the season, he he was looking like maybe he was he was he was due, like I assumed he was due for regression this year. He had a an, an insanely high grade last year. of of a 92.3 run block grade was a 93.6. Like those are absurdly high grades for guard. And I expected a pullback this year. And we saw that in the first four weeks of the season. The thing is, is that since then he's put up grades of 88.8, 76, 91, 82, 93.8. Right. So he's on an absolute tear right now. And is the second highest graded guard in the NFL. He was the highest graded guard this week um, and just murdering people out there. Uh, I have no idea what they're going to pay him, um, but they're going to pay him because he is – you, you want to keep offensive lines that are this dominant together because it, it – you know, it's a core of your team, especially this team, right? Um, it's not as if it's like the like, – like, and you look at the difference, right? The Kansas City Chiefs had to completely overhaul their offensive line, and part of the, the issues that they're having there is because they – they, you know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't trust that offensive line entirely. And you had Mitch, you, you replacing, uh, you know, Mitchell Schwartz and uh, Eric Fisher, I think it was Eric Fisher, with uh, Orlando Brown and Lucas Niang, I think, at, at right tackle. And that's just not a, that's a big, big drop off for those tackle positions. And so you don't want to be, lose dominant type of guys. You can get by with average play on the offensive line but when you have an elite type guys like this like Wild Teller especially what he does in the run game it and the way the Browns operate their offense he this is what exactly what the Browns need and they are they're gonna they're gonna pay up that check it's just he's he's a, an absolute beast he continues to be a beast um and you hope that he can continue that on throughout the rest of the season like he we saw from last year because he looks like he's back on that that trajectory um and this regression that he, I, you know I was assuming that he would have as well, past four or five games, it's not there. It's, nope. That regression's like you, you throw that out the window. So, um, Nick, you know, you look at the game last week and you talked about it briefly. Like it, the, the running game wasn't there for Nick Chubb. Part of it is when you have a struggling passing attack, it, it closes all the running lanes that you have for this team. So when Baker Mayfield is clicking on all cylinders, it opens up that running game. And that is what drives that will that is what will drive this team forward in this offense to, to run efficiently. Because if Baker Mayfield can play like he did last this yesterday for the rest of the season, I mean, we saw how good the offense was last year. It's going to be an, an uptick from that uh, because that is, you know, second year to system opening up the playbook even more, just more creativity from your offensive coordinator and your play caller 
and just a freedom to be able to, to call plays and know that they're going to be uh, executed properly and gain yards. All those fourth, fourth and shorts and stuff like that that the Browns had been missing, they're going to start making those again. That's yep. going to regress as well. So it's going to give Kevin a fan. It's just the confidence that this type of game builds for a team can, is, is just immense, just immense. And here's just some things, folks. Um, now, you're talking about a team that's going to add here in the coming weeks. Kareem Hunt back into the fold. Jeremiah Wusukormo back into the fold. Most likely Jack Conklin, maybe somewhere within the next month. Um, and you look at what they did yesterday against you know a team that everybody was, you know, I don't want to say they were crowning, but a team that, you know, people were thinking highly of. And I don't think the Bengals two, are going. Go ahead. Two weeks ago, if if you would have said the playoff start, they were the number one seed. And now they're out yes. of the playoffs. That's how, yes. that's how, a, how tight the AFC is right now. But it's just like, that's how volatile this AFC is it's it's wide open right now for whoever can can grab that top seed obviously the titans are right there right now but and we'll see look at tennessee last night may have been a fluke i i don't know how they're going to sustain this when they're losing you know, basically what was their calling card on the offense but john there were so many good performances yesterday and obviously we told spoke a bunch of guys who graded super there were some guys who played well yesterday that aren't even getting any mention could you maybe put a little light on some of them? Because when you get an effort like you did yesterday, there's some guys who played really well, but it kind of gets foreshadowed by a Denzel, a Miles, a John Johnson the third, and of course, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones, Nick Ch- Good Lord. Did anybody not play well yesterday besides Blake Hens? Let's go with that. Well, Jarvis didn't have a great game. He had a 38-9.2, mainly because he had a fumble, like an un- like an unforced fumble on that play. But you know, Harrison Bryant had a really good game. He uh 80.7 when he you know he only got the one ca- the catch, but it was an excellent catch. Uh solid as a run blocker. Uh if you want to look on the on the defensive side of the ball, I mean even even Anthony Walker had a really solid game. He was a 77.5. Uh Elijah Lee, he only played 13 snaps, was a 74.3. Ronnie Harrison kind of looks, you know, you didn't mention him. So you're wondering, all right, what what did he do in this game? He was solid. He was a solid all around. He didn't bust any assignments. Uh, He didn't make any plays in the ball, but he wasn't a liability there. Uh, I think, you know, some some weak points. You didn't hear his name either. It was Jadavian Clowney. He had a 47.5 in the game. Like he was he was pretty much neutralized all game long as as a pass rusher. So, like when I said they had a good plan for the individual pass rushers in this game they did but it was when it was when they did get pressure of how how effective it was so um it was you know grant delpit it was was a little struggling in that one as well but i i mean really there's you're nitpicking at this point of like the struggling performances in a really pretty much a you know an overall performance that was you know you could argue was their best you know from a grade standpoint it was their second best game of the year just, I mean, look, for it was the ultimate recipe for what this team needed. I'll continue to say that. Um, now, you know, you've moved on. And I think that's what yesterday truly came about is. And there's always that when you make a move of that nature, you know, there's certainly questions in the locker room. How's this going to work out? And look, there's look, there's always going to be people who are close with Odell. And, you know, part of it, and this is one thing that, you know, and I'm not trying to knock the guy, but as many endorsements as Odell Beckham Jr. got over the years, he was always the guy that said, okay, but whatever you're sending, I need 53 guys worth. And that's why teammates like him. So, like, iPads would show up. There'd be, like, 53 of them. There was one for everybody. You know, Beats by Dre would show up. There'd be 53 for everybody. Cleats, whatever it was, he was really, really cool like that. But it doesn't mean it was making the chemistry of this team work. And 
obviously the Browns have found out that they will and can survive. John, one last point. Yes. So talking, speaking of that OBJ thing, he's doing things and it's like, basically he's, he's trying to be a good teammate, but it's almost as like, Hey, I'm the leader. Follow me when you shouldn't, he shouldn't be the leader of the team. You need mm-hmm. your quarterback to be the leader of that team. So when, if they're, that's a dynamic in that locker room that even if they don't understand that that's going on, it is going on so that the team, the a, a large section of players are probably gravitating towards OBJ instead of towards your, what your leader should be in Baker Mayfield. So while that's all good and hearted and intended by OBJ, it creates an, a divide in that locker room. And, and then we saw what happened when that guy's not out there and he's away from the facility. We saw it all last year. So, yeah. And, 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 and look, that would be okay if you had a quarterback that just wasn't that type of personality. But Baker Mayfield is absolutely that type of personality. There's no question about it. And the fact the way he's playing right now, the fact that he's playing with all the injuries he has is all you need to know. Um, so we went under the lens here with John Costco. Uh, John in the PFF team. Look, guys, I know you love these episodes, and I continue to do them. I love, you know, just A, talking ball with John. But I know you guys enjoy, you know, having, you know, these conversations, getting all of this. Uh, so again, make sure you're following at John Costco three show itself at lockdown Browns, follow back account. Me personally at Jeff underscore, uh, underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, uh, you know, throw a follow over there as well. Whatever platform you use lockdown Browns, always available, always free. This has been your daily delivery of all things. Dog pound LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>